0: Say it again. All right. Raised in Christ. Raised in Christianity. Or with. And you might go... Aren't they the same thing? I go, no, they're not. It's very different to be raised in the person as opposed to being raised in a principle. Very different from being raised in the spirit to just being raised in words that we call truth. And we need to be in Christ, not with Christianity. I said last week that it's not a right or a wrong. It's not like, oh my goodness, this is a really bad position. But it's not that position. And so the challenge is transition into this in Christ. Christ, if we receive him through power, enters into us, correct? But then it's about us being in Christ, which completes the fellowship. It's not just Christ in me in nothing. It's Christ in me, me in Christ. And if you take some time, you go through the scriptures, especially Paul's letters, you will see in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ all the time. And there is so much associated with the in Christ life. Our inheritance is discovered in Christ. Everything is discovered in this position of Christ, not Christ in me. So it's like God has to qualify us by us receiving Christ. That is a one part of a two-part picture. But so often we just stop at the one part, and then we actually still live our lives as our source because I'm not in Christ, and Christ becomes the source. And this is some of the differences between raised in Christ and actually raised in Christianity. You see, raised in Christ, Christ becomes the source. Raised with Christianity, he's only your resource. Now, does he want to be your source and resource? Yes. But do you know him as your source, not just a resource that you tap into when you need things? Can you hear the difference? This is like blood. That's not. So if we take the blood out of you naturally, you're going to die, correct? So to try and live this life without the blood source is really suicide. Because you're trying, you're always trying, you're always trying to do the right thing rather than just be the right thing. And this is the challenge, and today I'm going to open up about Danielle and my life. And so it's going to be a mixture of sharing personal testimony as well as scripture to just be vulnerable in front of you but also for the purpose of what God has been doing here for 10 years wanting to do in every single heart because this is about me as an individual and God and it's about me and my wife and God and it's about Danielle and God and those three things are one thing and so I know what I'm going to share is going to impact everyone here. So this isn't really about a testimony about Danny and I as much as it is, it's about everybody. Because I'm going to share truth that I know we're all going through, whether we're single, married, have kids, don't have kids. So really, my life is a prophetic picture of what God wants to do. Same with your life. Danielle's life is a prophetic picture Of what God wants to do. And our marriage is a prophetic picture of God wants to do in two people to make them one. Tracking? Just like He is in your life as an individual and if you're married as a couple. God is in the business of building a people who are one with Him and one another. A people who are separated from everything fleshly and physical and natural. And built in him spiritual and eternal. So he rescues us from being earthly people to eternal people, who have eternal mindsets, which is not waiting to get to eternity. I think too many Christians when I speak to, and they hear the word "eternal," automatically think eternity. That's not what eternal is. Eternal is having Christ's life in you now. Christ is eternal life. He was eternal life. John 17 3. If you know Christ, eternal life, you will have eternal life. Eternal life is the substance of Christ in us. And that's what He's building. So I become one with eternal life because I become eternal life. Now, am I going to go to eternity? Yes. And I take all of that into this next age to come as I leave this age, which is going to go to a significant role and responsibility in the age to come that I play. Because there's roles and responsibilities beyond this earth. In his kingdom of heaven back on earth, which unfortunately very few people in leadership that I've talked to have any understanding of. So all we talk about is earth and we tend to wrap it around earth and that's it and we don't know what's beyond that but we can know because it's written for us to know and the Holy Spirit's role is to bring it to life but it's not found in this it's found here God has an incredible sense of humour have you discovered that? so in Danny and my relationship, when we met in 1998, a very, f- nine, sorry, <laughs> 1999, <laughs> that's oneness, see, <laughs> where one is weak, the other is strong, we had an interesting conversation first off the bat, um, I'm surprised we are even married, it was pretty heated. But our marriage has been defined by this because, and I've asked permission to share this, so anyone else is going to go, did he ask if you could share this? Yes, I did. (laughs) The challenge is, is that my wife is over here and I'm over here. Now the thing is, we're part of his family. So, this is not, we're not in the family, but within the family of God, because Danny and I are sons, we are of a different kind. These are wineskins. Okay? This is a wineskin, and this is a wineskin. What does the Bible say about (laughs) wineskins? They leak. You can't put new wine into an old wineskin. Why? What happens? So the old wineskin will burst. So God doesn't pour revelation into old wineskins because he knows they can't handle the revelation. What does God have to do? Create a new wineskin. So, what has to happen for God to create a new wineskin? You have to let go of the old wineskin. So right now, in our marriage today, my wife has been raised with Christianity. That's not wrong. That's okay. It's good. Raised with principles. Stories about Christ and truth and all that stuff. even has the spirit living in her in the sense of speaking tongues she hears from God but doesn't actually have God as her source now for me 97 not being raised in any of this zero of that have an encounter in a workplace, and I just get propelled into raised in Christ. I I don't even know those words. I just know that I'm completely different in the sense of I've got something I never had when I woke up that morning. I didn't do it. I didn't figure it out. I didn't read a book. I didn't even pray a prayer for it. I was praying, get me out of a jam which had been my story over 10 years, if you've heard it, of using God just to get me out of a jam that I'd got me into because I refused to bow my knee when he came to me when I was 18. I said, I know you're real, I know you exist, I know you're the Messiah, but I want to live for me. And I was not going to enter into this stuff in the sense of, I didn't want to be part of a church, I didn't want to come on a Sunday, I was not going to do that because I wanted to do other things that I knew contradicted that lifestyle. See what I was was authentic, I wasn't hypocritical, so I didn't want to do the things that Christians do, I didn't want to have to give up things that I knew I was going to give up if I was going to be a follower of Jesus, so I went no. I'm going to live this authentic, true life to myself, see how I get on. Did that for 10 years, came crashing down. But didn't turn up here to learn about truth. Had an encounter in a workplace because my heart cried out and I realized I got born again in the person. Not in what the person said, because I had no idea what he said. But I met the person. For me, this has continued to change me and continue to form his life in me because this is the abiding life. But with my wife, and I love God because he brings two people together who, probably in one aspect, have no knowledge of this when we got brought together in the sense of the fullness and says, I'm going to create spiritual oneness. Between these two people, which is why we're a prophetic picture of what God wants to do here. God said to me five years ago, Son, what's happening in you and in your marriage is exactly what I'm doing at the rock. He said, Your marriage is a microcosm picture of what I'm attempting to do in the people at the rock. Now, me and Danielle have a choice as to whether we're going to enter into that process with God, correct? just like we all do. You have a choice as to whether you will enter into spiritual oneness with your spouse. You have a choice as to whether you're going to enter into spiritual oneness with God. Because once again, it has nothing to do with physical marriage, because if we've received Christ, we are his beloved, and we are all betrothed to marry Christ. So it's not about physical relationship first. It's about a spiritual covenant of marriage between Christ and his church. And if I truly grasp the revelation of that, that will define my physical marriage with my wife, just like it will if you're a wife with your husband. And there's a role that I have to play, there's a role that she has to play, and I will play my role regardless of whether my wife plays hers because I don't want to put my inheritance because I'm in a marriage with Christ first before my wife at risk. So if I go, well, she's not playing her role, I'm not going to play my role, we both forfeit our inheritance because we are both firstly individually in a marriage covenant with Christ. But God has this great sense of humor because he puts People together who are of his family, who are both saved, but they are a different kind because he wants to take two kinds and make them into one kind. Let me give you an example in the scriptures. How many spies went into the promised land? Twelve. Two gave a good report, correct? Two were wholeheartedly abandoned in love with him, and the other ten weren't. So they were of Israel, but there are two different kinds of Israelites. Faithful, not faithful. Obedient, not obedient, but family members of the same family. We have this in our natural families, do we not? No? You have parents, they have children. Some parents are very obedient to the family home. Sorry, some children Other children are very disobedient to the family home and the rules, but they're still of the same family. You don't get kicked out. Well, I hope you wouldn't because your behavior doesn't necessarily stack up to what mom and dad are trying to do. And hopefully there's love that's covering that with discipline to see change. Correct? Is it any different in God's house? No, it's not supposed to be because the physical is the exact model of what God's doing in the Spirit. So God gives us the physical to show us the far greater reality of what God is doing in the Spirit on the earth now. So God brings two people together. He saved them both, brings them together in a covenant called marriage, which is never to be broken. And says, let's see... If they'll both, as individuals with me and one another, allow me to go to work in them, to produce me and both of them, that it would be a marriage that would truly honor me and glorify me. And the choices that Danny and I have had to make and still continue to make over the period of the last 10 years when God showed me this is incredible. Because at times, your flesh wants to go, enough is enough. I'm done. I'm over it. Both ways. God said, well, I wasn't over you. And I was never done with you. So why is that coming out of you, Greg? What do you need more of? You. That's right. And the wrestle that we have had over 10 years is a different wrestle. But it's still a wrestle. And this is the challenge because if God's going to have a church on the earth that he truly desires, the only way it's going to happen is if his people follow his process. Outside of that, forget it. He will never have, sorry, he will have, but we won't be part of the church that he's really desiring because we're not surrendering to his way and his process because we're still living. Because the problem with this side over here is that it actually still is in control of its own life. And it still wants to define everything because it's ultimately afraid of, of having God as its source. So it only knows God as its resource. So God has put in our marriage someone who has God as the source of their life, not perfect, in process, still maturing, and someone together who actually has God as a resource, grown up with principles. Danny can sing... Bible stories and kids' stories, she can quote stuff and stuff, but ask her, she's being so vulnerable. And I fell more in love with my wife about six weeks ago at banquet where her flesh manifested over what was being said. So she was getting angry because she thought, this can't be right, I'm why I want that. Why aren't I in this? I've been a Christian longer than you, blah, blah, blah. And the flesh starts to rise up, and the words should and should and should start to come out. Should. That's not of the spirit. And she started getting angry and she verbalized it, which I went, Amen. This is awesome. My wife is getting really real. And not covering over what God wants to do in her, which I've known what he's wanted to do because he did it in me in 97. It's not a right and a wrong. It's not a better than. It's just a life in Christ that we all have to transition through if we want it. You see, you can't go from here and here in your own strength. It's called this. It's called receiving the power of Christ that actually takes you from being the source to Him being the source. Nothing we can do in our own strength. But we can do a whole lot of activity. You see, we can do a whole lot of copying, we can do a whole lot of keeping principles, we can try to live good lives. But what you can't do is be the source of yourself which means you struggle. Actually, you can't love the way you've been commanded to love because you can't love another human while you're still the source of you because you're not eternal. You're temporal. Tracking? Don't we need the eternal love in us to love another human being? That's why we fall short in loving one another today Loving our wives, our husbands, our kids. Because when their behavior doesn't stack up and I don't have Christ's love in me that covers the sin, you see Greg manifest. Because I cannot love the way I'm commanded to love if I, Greg Simnor, are still the source. He must be the source that enters in deep into the innermost being and flows out out of me and I'm called to be perfected in that love and that's what it is to be in Christ and that is a challenge when you have a whole lot of people and all they know is this side that's my reference is this side see this is called incorporate And this is where you incorporate Jesus into your life but he's not your life. So you incorporate him into your life but he's not your life. And this is not, once again, I'm a bad Christian. God loves us when we're dead in sin. <laughs> like God loves us when we don't even know him. So this is not a love issue. This is a maturing, growing up issue. Okay, If you've received Christ, if you've incorporated him in, you're justified. So it's not a am I saved or not. This is a maturity issue. Okay? So that's, so that's what I'm talking about. So Danielle, my wife, is justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. So am I. And he brings us together as two people justified by blood, but he wants to do a much, much deeper work in both of our hearts to create oneness with him and one another. And this is the journey that we have been on. And man, has it been rocky. Like, seriously rocky at times. And words going back and forth that cut, and accusation and blame, and like bleh, because fear manifests, and there's a lack of I don't know, and I'm this is going to take me out of control, and it's something that what are you even talking about? And I remember when God gave me the revelation of the bride, and I lacked wisdom, and I thought everyone would want to know about the bride of Christ. Not so. Like I thought every Christian would want to know what's in God for them and what was more available, but not so. And then I had to come to terms with my own wife didn't even want to know what God was showing me. What do you do with that when the person God's put together to be your oneness partner with doesn't want to know what God is showing you? And you know that's exposing her own heart and the hardness of it that God needs to break because she's only in principles, not in Christ. Because you know that's not a spirit of humility coming out. Like, what do you do? You love and you wait and you pray and you love and you wait. And you pray and you love and you wait and you pray and you ask God to test your own heart and you say, Lord, I need more of you. I need more of you. I need more love, more love, more love because you love me like this and I want to love my wife like this and we want to love the church like this. We want to love our kids like this. We want to love one another like this. We want to love every person like this. But you can't do it in that. You fail Short, You miss the mark. You miss the standard. That's really what sin means. It means to miss the mark to which you were called, which is a measure called faith. See, God has wiped past, present, future sin clean, correct? Forgotten about it. Isn't that what it says? So it's not a sin issue. It's a faith one that's the problem it's a faith issue we want to make it a sin issue oh you know what i did last night he goes what you know that thing No, what i'm just waiting for you to confess it because i forgave it because i saw it you see it's not a sin issue that's white clean the religious spirit hates what i just said because now you're accountable for it to being a faith issue while it's a sin issue you can blame sin Oh, well, this. Oh, well, you don't understand, Greg. Well, you know my past. Or well, the, yeah, cool. Let him heal that. And let it be a faith issue. I live this life by faith because I am in Christ. And how did you get in Christ? Not through obeying principles. Not through trying to keep the commandment. Rich young ruler. Oh, I've done all these. You haven't done any of them, son. You can't. What? You can't. Well, that's not good news. Yes, it is. It's great news. Because until you figure out you can't, you're never going to be in Christ and receive this eternal life now, not in eternity. It's now. And so you have the eternal substance of Christ in you because he's no longer just a resource. He's your source. It's good having God as a resource. Don't hear me wrong. It is awesome that God is provider. It's amazing he's my protector. But I don't want that just. I want him to be the source of me. Colossians 3 verse 4 says that. My life, our lives are to be hidden in Christ. And he becomes the source of me. Because there is now no separation between Greg and Christ. He makes me one with him through his power. Then he says, right now, Greg, I'm going to perfect you. I've perfected you. Now I'm going to perfect you. Well, how do you do that, God? Through my word. Not through keeping principles. See, here's the hoodwink. There is life in keeping principles. Do you realize that? But the life is all outside of you. That's why the lost can tap into godly principles in business, in their lives, and it works. So there is a form of life associated with the principles. It's good, but it can create deception because you think that's all there is. And the life remains outside of you. What I'm talking about in Christ brings life in you. And it's his life in us. Which was the mystery that Paul was given to preach. And it must be Christ in me, me in Christ, and they come together in a marriage. So I become one. And the journey that Danny and I have been on for the last 11 years is that. This is a wineskin of a kind. And this is a wineskin of a kind. Peter says, are you of the same kind of faith as we are? We looked at that through faith to Peter. Are you of the same kind of faith? What does that mean? Well, are you of the kind of faith that is godly or are you of the kind of faith which is your version? A faith that lacks power isn't faith. That's not faith. To say I believe by faith and not know what you're believing in is not faith. At best it's trust. So if you say, I believe by faith, you know exactly what you're looking at because faith sees and you know, which means it's a position of strength. This position is an absolute position of strength in Christ, which comes through weakness. Unless you are weak, you can never be strong. Unless you come to the end of you being the source and fall on that rock, you can never be spiritually strong. Even though you can activate principles, inside you will always be weak. You are waiting for something of a trial or a tribulation to come your way to blow your house down. Matthew 7, 24. You're a house whose actual foundation in words is Christ, but not in reality. And so when the torrents come, and the winds come, and the disaster come, and the death and the loss come... Boom, it hits the house, and the house is like, what's going on? Your foundations are getting tested, what you're truly built on. And you need to know what you're built on, because trials and tribulations are promises that we're going to go through. You see, if we're still the source, that is not a position of strength. It's a position of extreme weakness. It's a position of strength in the flesh. And the world say, it's all about you, Sam. You make your way. You find the way. You live for you. Don't worry. The world will tell you strength is the way to go, but in the flesh. God says, that's patheticness to me. Don't even turn up with that. I'll humble that so I can actually give you my strength So then you can have my source as your life and you will live from the eternal source. That's what we look at the well. The reason why we can have issues is because actually we're still the source. And so because we're still the source, living from the source, we're trying to find life and access things and we get hurt and disappointed because we're looking for others to be the source and the strength of our lives that they're not. We must find him. And so he must become the strength, which is the source, and not just be the resource. Lord, I need a job. God delivers a job. Amazing. How amazing is God? Lord, I need this. We need this. We pray for this. We pray for this. And God turns up and is faithful. Great. He's the resource that's provided those things. But he also wants to be the source of you. Colossians 3, 4. Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. I, as source, no longer live. And the life I live, I live by faith in who? The in Christ life. When you're in this life, this is where Paul was growing in. So when you look at 2 Corinthians, which is all about getting the glory in you, and he says he was crushed but not taken out. He was perplexed but not done over. You know the scripture I'm talking about? That's what because he's in Christ. He has an inner strength called Christ in him and growing in him. Now, the challenge is, once again, wineskin, wineskin. We try to activate this through this. Doesn't happen. This is growing through hearing his word. Full stop. So we need to be in both. And the wrestle, the holy wrestle that Danny and I have had is That of just someone trying at times to access this life through this, getting frustrated, and even just this morning in our beautiful time together, her realizing the tears of just the life that she has tried to live, and God is showing her from love her inability to live it. And I'm watching my wife start to break been 10 years what's 10 years like I'm celebrating because I'm watching my wife grapple with God and I know those who are close to my wife know this and they see her at times manifest herself and there's plenty of prayer that's been going on for this as well and vice versa because we're all in it together we're all in this thing together because where are you here and once again, it's not about a competition. It's not about, oh my goodness. It's about knowing where we are so we can enter into the fullness of why he gave us life. But see, the problem is the Pharisees were trying to access life through principles, weren't they? See, this spirit called flesh that's in us always looks in the wrong place. I want to just come with me to a couple of scriptures. Uh, Mark 2. We're going to sort of cover this and then a couple of others. And like I said last week, these are the questions that God wants to ask. Many people, one, many people won't even have you look at this stuff. Because it doesn't build the church man's building. And two, the Holy Spirit said to us last week, What do you want this year? Like, do we want to stay in principles? And yeah, it's good. I'm loved. It's not bad. It's just not full, it's not complete. It's not all He has. But it's comfortable on that side, Greg. Yeah, but it's just not full of Christ. Yeah, I know, but you know, I, I can control all the plates. Yeah, I know, but it's just not full of Christ. Yeah, well, that that sounds like loss. No, it's gain. Yeah, but it sounds like I'm going to give up. No, you're going to get. And so we see this outworking in Mark two, twenty-two. And I'm just using this as just this wineskin thing to show us questions of the Sabbath and this real cool stuff here. So, Mark 2 22, no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and the wine is lost. Sorry, and the wine is lost and the skins as well. But one puts new wine into fresh wineskins. God loves us too much to blow us up. And Sometimes I don't think we even really grab that. You know, as a natural father, you love your kids, so you close access, open access to different things because it can hurt them, can help them. And it's the same with him. It's like you don't just get this because you... Uh, let's say, in principle. God looks to see a heart that wants this. God looks to see if you're thirsty and hungry for the greater things that are in him. He's happy if you don't, but you're hurting yourself. So it's not a love issue. It's actually a heart issue of our own hearts. And what is that really saying to him and one another. Like, if we're content and happy and we're not interested in any more, what's that really saying about my heart? Like, put this in the natural. If someone knew Danielle more than I did, maybe they went out for a while or, you know, maybe a brother or someone, and he actually knew things about her that I didn't know. And I went, oh, who cares? I don't care. I'm happy with how much I know her. Like, what is that truly saying about my heart towards my wife? For me, it's not saying that I love her with all my heart. I love her to the measure I've given her my heart, which might be a quarter or a half. I'm not really interested. I don't care. But you you could know her more because I've put you with her to know her more and her to know, yeah, whatever, who cares? I'm just happy with the life I got. That is saying something and revealing something about my heart, both physically and spiritually. And we do that is because we ultimately don't know. Or we don't have a knowledge that trumps that. But we hear about a reality And if you truly hear about it in the way of the spirit, it would cause movement. But to hear about it intellectually just sometimes makes you feel guilty. Shameful. Well, I know I'm supposed to go after that, but I can't be bothered. Why is that, Greg? Because I'm not actually in the source. I only know God as a resource, and I'm in principles and truths and stories I'm not in the person. That's why. And the more you're in the person, the more you want to know the person. Because it's the person that changes you, not the principle. The truth will make you free is not a principle. It's the person. So you hear the principle, the truth will make you free, and it points you to the person. You don't stop and make the principle your home and try to access healing in the principle because you'll never get healed. The principle is pointing you to the one who can heal you. And we know that physically, but we don't know it spiritually in the sense of eating food. So we work for food that continues to perish, wondering why we're not in life because we're working for food that continues to perish, And it falls through your hands. You eat it physically and then it's gone again and you need more of it and more of it rather than eating food that lasts for an eternal life, John 6. Because we don't know it even exists because unfortunately we've been raised with Christianity which is all the do's, the don'ts, the principles, the laws, the truths, the feasts, the this, the that, the this, the that. But we're still void of life on the inside. But I can heal the sick. Yeah, you can. But have you got love in you? But I can raise the dead. Yeah, you can. But have you got a joy in you that's not based on feelings and happiness? But I can prophesy and I can hear from God. Yes, you can. You can even walk on water and you're just about to deny God. Why? Why? Because as God, as resource, I can do all the ministry that's external, but what I can't do is deny me. And I can't love the way I'm commanded to love God and others because I'm still the source of me. But while I incorporate him in because he's given me authority and there's power in his name, I can see external works, but there's no work happening on the inside. Function never produces fellowship. Out of fellowship comes function, righteous acts of the saints by faith. We looked at that before Christmas. It's not about any work, it's about faith works. Anyone can do any works. Anyone, non Christians, correct? Any person can do works, good works. It's about doing eternal works, which are faith works that God has centered, inspired, empowered, and led. And that first work starts where? In through what? Begins with B, believe. So the first work is a work of fellowship, which is to believe what he's saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, we believe and then we live differently. No, you don't believe anything. You mentally agree with something that you don't actually have a living heart conviction on because your life tells me you don't believe something your words say. Because why? Because unfortunately, I'm actually still here. And that is okay. But you need to recognize, acknowledge, and want to move. Danny has been acknowledging I'm stuck. And she's been saying, I'm stuck, and I'm stuck, and I'm stuck. And the other day God said, it's great. You recognize you're stuck, but you're not supposed to stay there. You're not supposed to just make that your new home and go, well, at least I acknowledge it. No, it's good you acknowledge it. Now I want to move you on. I want to take you from being and be able to acknowledge where you're at to actually getting you into me through power. And she said this morning, Greg, but I can't. I went... None of us can. That's the beauty of it. None of us can. It comes through letting go. But I don't know anything but this. I know that's the problem, but the opportunity you have to find him is in letting go of what you have. Because you need a brand new wineskin. And if God's going to pour out New wine, it's revelation. If God's going to pour out more, the song New Wine says it if you know what you're singing. In the crushing, in the breaking. Who's that? These two. So I'll sing it for them, but don't make it about me. In the crushing, in the pressing, you're making new wine. I'll just step outside of that and I'll pray for them. God says, get in that with them. See? And this is how new wine is produced. This is how grape juice, oil is produced through crushing. Do you know Gethsemane means oil press? So in Gethsemane, when Jesus was crushed, it released the Spirit. The Spirit was going to come. They crushed the olive to create oil. Oil, as we know, is symbolic of the Spirit. So in your crushing, the Spirit comes and brings you into new wine. And then you start singing. Though I yield to you into your careful hands. Who's the one that's going to do all this? He is to take you from being of that kind, which is still not wrong, it's good, but he wants to mature you into this kind. And so let's have a look at this. and there's questions of the Sabbath, verse 23, Mark 2:23, and it happened that he was passing through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples began to make their way along while picking the heads of grain. The Pharisees were saying to him, "Look. Why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and he and his companions became hungry? Spiritually, these are two key things that we need. Need and hunger. How he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar the high priest and ate the consecrated bread Which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priests, and he also gave it to those who were with him. Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was not made for man, sorry, the Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. What Raised in principles, truth, laws, does, you're always trying to do and keep these things. And you're missing on the life that's on the other side of them. How is it that David can eat bread that was only for the priests and not die? Because he's more important. Why is he more important, Warren? He's a son of... What does David have? What does David know? He knows he's a priest. Why does he know he's a priest? He's a man after God's heart because he has God's spirit, faith. Isn't faith the thing that was introduced right at the beginning of time, not the laws and the principles and the guidelines and the Ten Commandments? Aren't we supposed to be living by faith? Like, why did God actually give us these things because we'd gone so far off faith and track that he's trying to get us back so when the one of faith would come, we would get in him. And then we would start living from faith again because we're in the sum, We call this thing faith. It's not on this side. It's empty. It's like this. I believe it by faith when it comes. No, faith is I know it, I see it, I've received it, I live from it, like David. David walks in and goes, that's the bread of presence. 1 Samuel 21, six says the bread of presence. Who's that? It's not just a loaf of bread, guys. Come on. Who is that? Christ. How can you partake of Christ before he even is? Because he was. Why? Because he's a man of faith because he sees He knows, he's not going to be bound by truths, principles, laws, and all these things like the Pharisees are. You can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. Why? Because it's been put in place. No, you can do this when you're from faith. Because faith trumps it all, because faith was the first. And when you know what the first is, and you live from the first, you upset people that live from the second because you're accessing something that they don't know how to access because they're trying to access things through principle and you're accessing life through person. And you want to share that with them and you come and you share this because this is life and they go, hmm, well, I don't know because the principles and the laws all tell me this. And you become that. And so you're actually in the story now as a character but it's actively working in 2021. And you find yourself actually rejecting and denying and hiding from the life that God has for you because you can't see it. You can't hear it and you go, that's not it. Why? Because you're all about the principles and you don't even know the person. And the person is standing right in front of you, sharing the word of heaven, and you're going, nah. Well, then you will always stay the way you've always been, won't you? If you and I reject the Word and the Word is right in front of you, if you don't eat the Word, you will stay the same. Which is showing you you're not growing in Christ, which is the whole point of being in Christ, which is probably a good indicator that you're here, not here. Because if the Bible and Jesus tells me and Paul tells me that I'm supposed to be going from strength to strength on the inside, and this is an inside reality, and I'm not then I've got to ask the question, don't I? No? Man, how hungry are you? Do you know your need? Like David had a need. And because he had a need, he had a hunger. And because he had a need and a hunger, he went in and went, that bread is not only mine, boys, we've got some food. So 30 men come this way. See what happens when one man or woman of faith who knows how to access life in the person, the living bread, the presence goes, eat this. And then the men do. They don't go, hmm. Well, actually, technically, David, by the law... You're not supposed to have done that. Well, mm, 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 mm. well, you can have your opinion, but mm, 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 I'm feeling really good in that. Anybody want one? No, because technically, you know, the Sabbath, it wasn't made, uh, whatever. I always confuse that, eh? <laughs> Let me get it so I don't mess it up. The Sabbath was made for man. And we flip it, because that's what this side does. It flips it all about the principle, not the person. It's always first is earth, Rather than eternal. But when God gets hold of you, which is what's happening in our marriage, and starts to break that side, all of a sudden, life and light start to come. To something that you were always predestined for. That's why it's not wrong. It's right. It's right in Him. No, it's wrong. No, it's not. It's amazing. But all of a sudden you're realizing, but it's going to be change. Yeah, it's awesome. The change is amazing. You get to live a life that's eternal now. You get to love people that you're in bed with that actually might hate you at times. And you don't leave and break the covenant because you're in covenant with one who loves you, who gave his life for you, and you know it. And that life enables you to stay loving while you're being hated, misunderstood, misrepresented. And I'm not just talking about my wife. It's amazing, this life, because you're in Christ and you have a strength that you didn't find, but it found you and he did a work in you that you're able to live. And you're not so much concerned about do's and don'ts. You're just living righteously. And you partake of the bread of presence. You want some? You want some? Like there's enough to go around. There's so much to go oh, around. Yeah, I'm a bit busy. What are you busy doing? Trying to figure out all the principles. <laughs> I'm trying to look at the Jew and the Greek and the Hebrew and the this and the that and the this, and I'm trying to get all technical on it, like, what are you doing? Well, you know I'm supposed to. know it's about a person. And when you know the person, then all that comes alive. You take the person out, it's just entangled in stuff. And then when the one of him turns up and says, no, you go, eh. reject, deny, deflect, justify, hideaway, and you sabotage you. But you don't know you do that. You have no concept that's what you're doing. But that's what you're doing because unless you're in life, and this is a life that's daily, isn't it? Isn't that what it says? Daily partake. Like it's not, we're going to have a moment. Some of us have to reorder our entire worlds today because kids, work, sport, other passions ministry have got in the way of God. And so you go, I don't have time. You do. You've just got to change what you're giving time to. We have all the time in the world. We just choose to choose other things. And so we go, well, I've got two minutes, God. Oh, there's 24 hours in a day. What's that all about? That's about where your heart really is. Now, he loves you in that state, but he doesn't want to keep you in that state, and he hopes you don't want us to be in that state, so you can be someone who eats the bread of presence. He wants us to be able to access resource, which is in the sun. And I'm just going to read this, and then we're going to play a song, which I'm just in love with, and the words will come up behind me, and... Holy Spirit, I believe, will minister to you if you want him to. And so it's not going to be about praying for anybody. It's just going to be let the Holy Spirit minister through the song. See, Jesus, sorry, Jesus David was a man of the Spirit. And I just want to read this. This is in Mark twelve thirty five, And Jesus began to say as he taught in the temple, how is it that the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? David himself said in the Holy Spirit, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies beneath your feet. David himself calls him Lord. So in what sense is he his son? You see, when you're all about the principles and you take the spirit and you're still the source, you're looking through your own lens trying to understand these words. And you miss it like he what they were. You see, they think he's the son of David, but David himself said, he's my Lord. Like, how do people who are all about the scriptures miss the one of the scripture? Because they're viewing it through the flesh. All they have is the scriptures. They don't have the spirit. David is in the spirit because he's in Christ, what he says says is what Christ would say and is the truth. When you're in the scriptures without the spirit, you say, no, no, he's the son of David. No, he's the Lord. You hear what I'm trying to say? So David is a man of faith, which brings him into the word of God, which is spirit, is it not? And he is eating that word, the bread of presence. Doesn't his life reflect that? So our lives are to reflect bread of presence that we're eating because we are in Christ, not in principles, truths, scriptures. We're in the person. And then his words come alive. So God is really challenging us with an opportunity. This year, don't stay the same this year, if you recognise and you're here, it's good. But don't go, that's good enough. Don't be like this wineskin and say, yeah, but the old is good enough. You know Where I'm at, it's good. Go for all. Because that's what God has for us. Amen. So I want to just play the song by Corey Asprey and the words all come up and it's all about when love comes crashing and you can get the board down.
1: Sing along if you want. I believe Feel unworthy of your love most days. It's you welcome, me to your holy place. But nothing can. And I believe in a river that never runs dry. Fears washed away. Thank you.
0: you for your abiding love we thank you that it's a perfecting love we thank you that we don't earn it we just receive it and as we receive it more and more lord it builds us changes us brings us into being in you and living from this abiding life where much fruit is produced in and through the branch thank you that you are calling you are choosing And you've chosen us to be betrothed. So Father, this year, may we lay hold of all things that you have for us in laying hold of you. May it not be the same. May we not go through the motions of being in Christianity and not being in the sun and the life that's in the sun. You say, in you is life. And that life is the light of men that the life is in you, and as we are in you, we have light. That light is the life of all men. So I thank you for your patience. I thank you for your kindness and your goodness with us all as you continue individually and together to build us into the image of your Son, Jesus. Bless your name as Mel prayed. Bless your name today in Jesus' name. Amen.